0: Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to Undiet Academy podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holderness. I am a weight loss nutritionist turned counselor, and I'm here to help you call BS on diet culture. I'm going to show you how to live your happiest, healthiest, most aligned life without food restrictions, emotional eating, binge eating, all or nothing mindset, and self-sabotage. I'm going to show you some really important nutrition concepts, counseling theories, mindset tips and tools, and show you how to reconnect and create a really beautiful nurturing relationship with your body. I can't wait to share all of this with you in the Undiet Academy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Before we begin this episode, it's really important for me to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which I am recording this episode. For me, that is the Kabi Kabi and the Yugara people. I pay my deepest respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Welcome, Tia, to the Undiet Academy podcast. I'm so, so, so excited to have you For anyone that hasn't come across you on social media before, I wanted to share a little bit about like how I kind of got to know you um, and why I wanted to have you on the podcast as well. Um, So Tia and I have known each other for, it must be coming up a couple of years now, I think. (laughs) Um, And I've watched you kind of work as a, a personal trainer and, I've seen how your business has like really shifted over the time that I've known you um, and how, you know, you have such really great care for your clients. And I think that's why it's really important to have you here and to share a bit of information. Um, But I'll leave that to you. I'd love for you to introduce yourself and kind of what you do, how you help your clients.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Sean. I'm excited to be here and be a part of this podcast as well. Um, okay. So let's go. I'll try and keep this short and sweet. A little bit of a story. I've had my own sort of weight gain, weight loss journey. I'm not going to say I was obese or anything, but I was definitely very, I was definitely not happy or healthy in my body. Um, and it came on very suddenly. And I noticed that as soon as that happened, my self-worth just decreased and my happiness went downhill Um, And then I obviously came eventually came out the other side, but I was very frustrated and very disappointed and disheartened almost felt very alone in the process of doing that I didn't understand what was happening to my body and why. Um, And when I got the results, it happened to be when I started training and when I started eating less. So of course that then went to the opposite end of the spectrum and I ended up, obviously I lost the weight, you no, know, I ended up small, but I ended up burning out on that end too and still being unhappy and just crying at the drop of a spoon. So
0: mm, <laughs> were- a common pattern. <laughs>
1: yes. So either way, I was unhappy. I'm sure there was maybe a, a midpoint in there where I was good, but Um, that affected things like my relationship and that actually meant way more to me than myself at that point in time and I didn't realize it but I just wanted to be a strong happy positive person for my partner like I was when we met because I ended up getting um, becoming more and more unhappy within myself and that affected my relationship and then I jumped into doing a personal training course because I enjoyed training and exercise and I wanted to learn about health and fitness. If I'm being honest, I jumped into the course and didn't learn pretty much half the stuff I thought I was going to learn. I, right. I learned some stuff and I walked out feeling still as clueless as ever. And just to put it out there and let everyone know that it is not a very in-depth course and there are not many people doing well in those courses still, Um, which was actually almost disheartening again. If anyways, I go Uh, I spent some years still working and then eventually jumped into personal training and helping others with the whole intention of doing a mind and body kind of training. So since day one, I realized the impact that I had on my mental health and I started trying to put together courses and educations and always prioritizing, educating my clients on the body and stuff. Now, since then, like I'll be completely transparent, my knowledge and experience and even perspectives Um, I've worked through so much stuff myself, but back then I was more educating people on fat loss and how it works because I came from a place where I just wanted to know that. Um, and then as time goes on, my back, all of that has changed. It's definitely made me who I am today. So I'm not going to say that any of it was necessarily wrong. Um, but I did help people in the, in the interim was just, you know, I wanted them to be happy and I knew that, you know, weight loss wasn't going to be the answer for them. So we tried to work on all the areas because that's. What, ha- what came first was I needed to be happy within myself before I even got the results that I wanted. So I was right. trying to educate people on, let's focus on the feeling, focus on the feeling. Um, and then naturally everything flows from there. So that's kind of led me to where I am now. So I still do training. I still offer training with courses and things on the side that educate my clients, but I'm definitely, the conversations around you know, mindset, um, even hormones and gut health have been huge because they affect your mindset and your energy and your happiness. So the gut-brain connection, as well as um, there is, you know, diet does play a part in all of all of that. But at the end of the day, there's always some, there's an undercurrent. There's always something underlying um, the desire to lose weight, to want to look a certain way, or to you know, put off being happy until you do reach that 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 end result. If that makes sense. So yeah, it's um, shifted me all the way into now online health coaching and looking into. There's so many more areas, but it's what brought us together in the first place was the mindset and the deeper underlying roots. I guess the emotional side is what yeah. it comes. There's,
0: Absolutely, there's
1: the physical, the nutritional, and probably that. Um, so the emotional, the biochemical, and that. all well, those two just together. So it, it, they're, they're both work in in hand-in-hand and you need to be working on both, not just the physical, if that makes sense.
0: A hundred percent. I resonate with that so much. Like as we spoke about just before we started recording was like that similarity in where we both started in the industry in fat loss and how it is kind of what everyone is looking for. And we had a really great conversation around um, how as health professionals, like I, I said, I mentioned to you, like, I believe as health professionals, we need to stop pampering to the external motivation. So um, the extrinsic motivation, and I think I did a whole episode on extrinsic and intrinsic. So if anyone's unsure, they can go back and have a listen. But ex- extrinsic motivation being like the things external to us and the problem with that is that they're often conditional. And so we only do it if we're gonna get a certain result. And there's a lot of health professionals and a lot of facilities that really kind of pander to that and, and they like stroke the ego of like um getting, you know, instant gratification. And I feel as health professionals, if we truly actually care about our clients, we will look deeper and ask the deeper questions and find what it is that's underlying there and help with that and that involves providing space right and education is huge because the actions that the the extrinsic motivation is very emotionally driven the all-or-nothing mindset which we're going to talk into a bit today it's very emotionally driven and education provides us with logic which provides us with reasoning and that's definitely been a key factor i think for both of us individually within our businesses um. Before we dive into the all or nothing mindset and motivation and things, I really, really want to dive into some of the benefits of movement and exercise outside of weight loss. And I think that's one of the really key things is that a lot of people do get into exercising um, on the condition that they're going to lose weight, but exercise holds so many other benefits. So talk us through some of those.
1: Yeah, of course. It's funny because again, you can relate to this. Is as- when I started jumping into the gym, always active as a kid, but when I actually stepped foot in the gym, it's because I felt like I needed to do it to lose weight. Um, Now, many years down the track, and I'm sure many years to continue, I do it for my mental health. If anything, I do it obviously to maintain my physical health, but it's there. I noticed that I, my mental health declines, my ability to handle stress, my emotions even things like libido um happiness just general overwhelm like overall well-being declines when i'm not training now that's not necessary for everyone to go jump into a gym Uh, it just means moving your body because your body thrives Mm -hmm. like we're designed to move and there's also a balance between moving too much (laughs) um, and not enough so you can easily overdo it but um, so mental health is a really huge one. We we know that there's mental health benefits to exercise. Everybody seems to know this, but we also don't seem to pay attention to the fact that it, ge- it releases feel-good hormones. When we move our body, we actually have endorphins go through our body and it generally gives us a positive feeling physically. Um, it actually also helps suppress, it can suppress like pain receptors as well. Um, but then you've got just the um, overall my like the health for your brain sorry brain health um now that seems to be an obvious one but a lot of us what i didn't do for a long time is i didn't actually capture that feeling at the end of a workout i i actually don't like training i hate the feeling of being uncomfortable and putting myself (laughs) through pain i hate sweating i genuinely hate the hard work and i'll be and i'm a trainer so i'm i'm gonna be completely transparent that the experience is actually really painful for me but i just thrive off the feeling i get afterwards It's just, it's for lack of a better word, I could say like a euphoric feeling when I'm done and it should be like that. You should feel good after exercising. And if you're not, there's definitely things that you need to be looking into and it could be sleep and, and diet's probably the first two, um, whether you're eating enough and getting a good enough quality sleep and then water as well with your nutrition. But then other than that, there's obviously more to be looking into like your hormones and thyroid and all of the other things but they should, it should be making you feel good. It should give you energy afterwards, which like it should be ongoing. Um, And speaking of energy, it gives you more energy. So the, you can somewhat build up your energy from training. It's kind of like a muscle. Like over time you will increase your energy when you're being more active. I find personally that I am far more tired and I struggle to get up when my alarm goes off. If I don't, if I'm not exercising that's me personally, but I do know a lot of other people that you will generally like exercise helps you sleep. So if you want better mm-hmm. sleep, being active is probably one of the things that is easily in your power to change almost immediately. So exercise helps me sleep so much better. Therefore I wake up feeling better. I actually wake up earlier sometimes before my alarm. And when you've got more energy, you're going to be more likely to go and be active when you're constantly mm change all the time. You're not motivated to even cook your own, like cook a meal at home. You want to just order Uber Eats. And when you're more tired, you're less likely to make those better decisions too. Because again, it comes into the emotional aspect. When I'm tired, when I skip the gym or when I have a meal out, if I do all three, the mental battle that goes on in my head becomes stronger and stronger. And I've been doing it for years, but I know that if I'm not moving my body and not nourishing it and not getting enough sleep, I will all of a sudden think that i I deserve to eat horribly and I deserve to have more rest and do less when I know that I actually just mentally and physically feel so much happier and have more energy when I'm, when I'm doing those things. So,
0: yeah, I think there was, um, I'd love to actually look into more up-to-date research, but there was a study done a a few years back that showed that people that moved more did have more energy. And when like, and, and I, I know firsthand was like, um, uh, the autoimmune conditions and and all the things in my health that impact my energy. And there's a number of things there that I always have the most energy when I'm moving my body, even if that's as little as getting up and taking the dogs for a walk in the morning. Um, I start my day and, and I'm awake and I'm alert and I'm ready to go. And yet when we're tired, we're like, okay, I'm tired and I need to rest. But sometimes we do have to just differentiate and ask the question, like, what do I really need right now it's so like when we wake up like what do I really need some days we do need to rest some days we're like hmm I haven't moved my body very much and I'd feel much better for doing so
1: yeah 100% well we like think about the benefits of just like that's why the walk and talks are so mm-hmm. effective because you're moving people really underestimate how effective walking is just walking alone can really help mentally and physically um but yeah that's yeah you're completely completely right when it comes to energy I think a good way to also see it is that many um if you have a partner that's a trade most of the time they're physically active my partner has ridiculous amount of energy and he's physically active you think that you know at the end of the day you can be physically tired but his mood and his energy I mean he doesn't have to have balance his hormones every month but (laughs) um but yeah just way more energy and just from being active and they and being active obviously helps you with the longevity too. So mm. live a long, happy, healthy life where you can move your body and things shouldn't get harder or more painful to do, like walking up steps or getting up and down off the ground, which is a huge benefit to exercising in general. When it comes to exercise, I think people immediately put their head in, think that they have to go to the gym. And yes. I don't mind that at all because, I mean, I like the gym personally, but I'm one that gets bored very quickly and I like to do different things and move my body in different ways. I have found only now and have only come to terms with it, accepting that I love doing different forms of exercise. Some people can smash CrossFit five days a week and they thrive off it, but that's not me. I love getting into the gym, throwing some weights around for sure. I love feeling strong, um, but I also love doing Pilates and I love doing reformer Pilates and I love doing dancing just to like, challenge myself and move my body in a feminine way i love doing boxing again that empowers me and it's a new skill that is just like a lifelong skill so it stimulates me mentally learning something new so i love the challenge in being in different like moving my body in different ways and i'm always open to trying something new um but that yeah when you say exercise it doesn't mean you have to go and just train by yourself um but yeah, naturally exercise will help you with the longevity and, the, and and you'll build more energy just because of the the domino effects that come from energy, the hormones and the sleep are huge. Yeah. Um, and, and with all of that, it boosts your confidence as well. So mm. when we first start, with, we're going to definitely lack confidence and we're going to lack the motivation to get up out of bed. Um, like I said, if I take a few days off, then I, the mental battle gets really stru- like gets louder the mental battle to get into the gym or to go and work out gets louder and I get lazier. And I know that the only way to break that is just to show up. It's quite mm-hmm. literally just to cut the rope and just not put up with my bullshit anymore. Um, it comes down to a lot of self-awareness, like you said, and understanding whether you need a rest or whether you um, just need to, to stop um, and kind of, you know, pull yourself up on your own bullshit. Um but I, like a, something that I was taught, I think actually you mentioned this to me and it was a great way to put it, but thinking forward mm-hmm. is a great way to put it. So is this going to give me energy or is this going to drain me? And sometimes it's doing it and realizing that you feel absolutely exhausted and it probably wasn't the right thing. But if you show up and just start and you just try to move your body and just see how you go. And if it, if you realize that you start to pick up some energy as in the middle of a workout or
0: something, then-
1: that's a good sign that you're you needed this and your body was craving it
0: that's it I do I do have to apologize because the council have just decided to start mowing the park opposite the house so I don't know if you can hear that (laughs) or not okay good good. I don't know if anyone else will be able to hear it on the audio and I saw them doing it like an hour ago and I was like oh great they'll be all done and then they're back doing the same little patch again (laughs) um but something i wanted like to to pull out of of what you just said and i thought that was really great is is a bit of a difference between the terms movement exercise and training so Mm -hmm. movement i use the term movement a lot being not in like the fitness industry um movement being things like um like parking further away and walking you know to the shops or taking the dogs for a walk or like for me um and josh we like go for a walk and, and our son Charlie's on his bike and we are just like walking to the park, like that's movement, cleaning the house. Um, all of that is movement. And then when we come to exercise, that is, and, and I suppose even like yoga and things like slower yoga. So I love slow yoga. I love yin and I love restorative. They're more meditative. Um, but we've got like the stretching and things like that in there. So that to me is, is movement and then on the other hand we've got exercise so for me i don't train i exercise so i go to the gym and i move my body my perception then of training is more specific so particularly following um, a program for a specific outcome for example Um, and that's to me how i differentiate the the three things Um, i'm in a rehab stage of two injuries so i'm kind of training, kind of not, if that makes sense. I'm following a program with a specific outcome, um, but that doesn't always have to be the case, right? Sometimes we can just go and just do what we need to do for the sake of moving our body, for the sake of kind of proving to ourselves that we can do it and it's safe and it's okay and it's fun um, for the sake of knowing that we're going to feel a lot better after without having a specific like body composition goal, for example.
1: Yeah, that extrinsic motivation. That was, the, yeah, perfect spot on. Yeah, and our body craves movement. Our mm-hmm. body craves like we're designed to move, but also if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> so just moving your body, that's all we've yeah. got to do. Um, but like you said, just the act of showing up is huge. And I think with, what I think with that is we start off with an intrinsic motivation. We We have this mindset of, I have to go to the gym. I have to go to the gym. And it's a punishment mindset that comes from you know, I need to do this, or I will suffer. It's like, mm. or I'll
0: punish myself,
1: or I'll feel bad, and and it's still never really a good enough reason because we still skip the gym and we're because we we don't want to go. Mm. Um, it comes from a place of an extrinsic motivation.
0: Who yeah. wants to actually punish themselves? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> we don't. We don't really. We just sit there in the guilt and shame cycle, and that's definitely not motivating for anyone. Yeah. So, but like, when you do show up, when you do something when you do something for yourself, when you take care of yourself, like you do movement and you know that to be honest, calling, like doing the washing, I hate doing the washing, but that's movement for my body that yep. actually helps me get the washing done. Cause I was like, I need to do some movement today.
0: <laughs> it's actually one of the things that I do for like rehabbing my shoulder. Cause the act of like bending over and like lifting up is creating blood flow through my joint, um, where I've got a lot of kind of inflammation, at the moment, and so getting that blood flow through is helping. Like yeah. blood carries nutrients, so where blood's flowing, nutrients are getting delivered. And so I'm more likely to heal quicker through that kind of active movement, because I can't at this point in time go to the gym and lift the heavy weights that i like to do. Yeah. So that is a form of my movement. So whereas usually I'd be like, Josh, can you hang the washing? I don't want to. Now I'm like, no, this is actually going to like help. And for those that actually can't see me, I'm like doing the active putting my hands yeah. yeah. <laughs> in um, and that's creating blood flow through that joint for me, and that's moving.
1: It's incredible, yeah, and that's exactly right. And it's something that you has to do that you have to do anyways. And if you hate doing it, just consider it good for you. <laughs> and Usually, it helps a little bit. But the act of showing up for yourself will boost confidence. So a really big thing I've been moving through this year is self trust um mm. much more deeper levels as I obviously progress through that but just simple things of when I say something and I say I'm going to do something it's showing up and a big part of exploring that and learning about that was one setting the expectation of what will I actually achieve and not over promising um and then under delivering and realizing that I needed to start super super small and if I do mm-hmm. take time off training I know that it's going to take me a long time to not a long time, but I'll need to start off small, regardless of how many times I've done it over and over again. I need to really, if I have like four weeks off and I go on holidays and I come back and I'm going straight back into the gym and I'm going to train five days a week and I'm going mm-hmm. to get back on my diet. I know I'm going to, I'm not going to succeed at that. I know that I'm not going to be able to uphold that straight away. It actually took me um, roughly eight to 10 weeks to be able to build up to training five days a week.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And
1: I only sustained that for a couple of weeks and that was enough and too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, I set myself a goal, which we can speak to the all or nothing mindset here. When I set myself a goal, I gave myself the space and the time to do that. And I I sat with myself and I asked, now, these are all the things that you're going to have to commit to. Are you willing to say no to certain things? Are you willing to put this first for this period of time and understand that, you know, you might have to say no to Netflix and chill with your partner because you're training a bit more or you need to go and get your steps in or you need. So I had specific, I set myself a challenge and I wanted to just get back into training a bit more because I felt far more confident and far stronger than I had ever been. So I was like, all right, I feel ready for this. It started off as like training two days a week and just doing steps. I just tried to get my walks in and then I I within that period I was just playing with my diet. I did start tracking a little bit just to see where my protein intake was, to see how much I was eating. I never really at that time decreased my calories much. I don't really agree with that. I was more focused on how can I sustain this? How can I sustain my training? And because I increased my training, I knew my calories weren't going to be dropping because I feel I I don't feel good when I decrease my calories, especially when they're too low. I I'm very close to maintenance for most of the time and I bounce mm. it out depending on how I feel that day too so I'm never super strict I just mainly focus on the whole foods and the nutrients and the vitamins and um protein and things like that so it took me 8 weeks to play around with my diet feel comfortable in a place where I knew that I could make time just to do things like meal prepping or time to plan ahead in my meals time to figure out what I wanted to eat and where I could get that protein in um I still went out to eat too. I wasn't super strict on things like that. I wasn't you know, shutting down my life for this. But then I would also have to make time for my training. It actually took me a number of weeks to figure out my schedule because sometimes I could train in the morning, sometimes I couldn't. So if I Mm -hmm. wasn't training in the morning, where was I fitting it in? Um, And the classes I enjoyed. So I did a mixture too. So I wasn't going heavy and hard for five days a week. There was say like two or three strength sessions and then some cardio or some boxing and moving my body in other ways. So sometimes it was a run. Sometimes I did dance um, and things like that. If I was really sore, it'd just be walking. Mm. Walking and then focusing on how to, focusing on recovery. And it took me eight to 10 weeks to be able to hit like five days a week and feel really comfortable with my diet for those few weeks. And I was there for like two or three weeks. And then I was like, this is too much. Mm. This was too much for me. With everything as well going on in my season of life. So yes. I had to, What? Like, how busy was my work schedule? How busy was, Like right now, my schedule is far too busy to maintain that, that just coming up to Christmas, I have enough on my plate to do. I don't want to say no to work in order to go and train. And during Mm -hmm. the few weeks, I decided and I made the commitment to myself that if you've decided to train on this day, book it in whatever time I was supposed to turn up, that means I need to say no to work. I need to shut the computer. I need to stop what I'm doing get in the car and go to the gym and do my training session like I said and I said am I willing to do that am I willing to commit to myself for that long and I actually it involved as well a conversation with my partner so mm. I could get his support and he would understand what I was doing and understanding that's only temporary for me too but I literally said I was like I'm going to be training a little bit more I'm going to be going for walks a little bit more I'm going to be out a little bit more I'm going to be um I'm not as present uh for a little while and mm. then I need to in this. And if we want to catch up and do something, I really want quality time with you. So let's plan ahead. Um, so checking the season of life that you're in was a huge one and setting really realistic expectations and starting off really small and just knowing that if you say you're going to do it, you are going to do it. If I set the rule this week that I wanted to train four days a week, there is a bit, there's like a 50, 50 chance that I'm going to be too busy and or too tired and I'm not going to do it. So I was like, no, let's bring it down lower Let's have a minimum amount of times I need to train this week. And let's make that two times, two good training sessions. If I make it to another class, amazing. If I, other than that, I'm just focusing on my my exercise and movement. So my steps, yeah. um, and moving my body in other ways and being outside and being in the sunshine and just focusing on my diet. And that's where I am right now. That's where I'm happy because, you know, Christmas is coming. I'm about to take some time off. So, um, and not, I'm not stressed about my, diet or anything like that i just focus on whole whole foods during this period as much as i possibly can in my control and enjoy the rest of it
0: but yeah the concept of um under like uh, when we are in that all or nothing mindset over promising and under delivering and then feeling like a failure i talk through that with clients so much i love that you bring that up because the key there is to under promise and then over like at least meet that expectation or over deliver and I had a client that I was talking to today and I gave him the example of if you had been, if you were a person that drunk no water and then um, you everyone's like, you need to drink two to three liters. You need to drink two to three liters. And you're like, okay, great. I'm going to drink two to three liters. And then you spent a couple of years going from drinking nothing to drinking two to three liters, not being able to uphold it, to going back to drinking nothing. And then if I came along and said, can you just have a glass of water in the morning when you wake up? And then you're like, okay, I can do that. Like that's, that's, that's easy. It doesn't require much thought. It's, it's really simple. It's really small. Just have a glass of water and then do that for a few weeks. Right. And then add a second glass, Mm -hmm. right? Like maybe in the afternoon when you're eating dinner and all of a sudden you're getting in like what, maybe 800 ml, nearly a liter a day that you weren't getting in before. Do that for a few weeks and then maybe grab yourself a nice bottle and drink it during the day. Right. And maybe that process has taken you 12 weeks to build up to drinking one and a half liters a day. But it also took you a few years and and of trying to drink two to three liters and and not being able to succeed. And he's like, I see where you're going with the shun one glass at a time. (laughs) And I was like, yes, that's it. Like just one, one glass, one step and get really good at it and prove to yourself that you can do it. And then also don't beat yourself up when you don't, because we're all human. Right. And so, The problem with all or nothing that I see is that when we go from all, we go to nothing. But then to build up that extrinsic motivation all over again, we have to go deeper into the nothing, which throws us deeper into the all. And the bigger the all, the deeper the nothing, the deeper we have to build the nothing to throw us back into the all. And it's just like this vicious cycle that never wins.
1: Yeah, no, you'll keep going in and out the yo-yoing, the Mm yo-yoing never stops. It's a, um, another great way. That's a really great way to put it because if you just do something and you get really good at it, like if you do it consistently, like just the one glass a day, it will become easier. It will become mm-hmm. a habit. It will become something that you don't really think about doing anymore. It's just something that you just do. And another way to put, put it is if, you, if there was a person in your life, say at work or wherever, and they kept saying, "I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to help you do this. I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. I'll pick you up. I'll do this." And then they just never did it. How, trust. how much would you trust that person? Mm-hmm. The next time they say something, you'll be like, "Yeah." In your head, you already know you're not. You know, they're not going to do it. You already know they're not mm-hmm. going to. Do it. They're not going to show up. You don't trust them, and you're probably just not going to rely on the fact that they might or might not show up. And that's exactly. Mm-hmm. What the relationship with yourself when you keep saying i'm going to get up at 6 a.m and i'm going to train maybe you're not a morning person which is another thing that happened to me i used to love training morning don't get me wrong i like training in the morning but i it's more like i actually really like a slow morning i like Mm. i used to get up at five and six to train and jump straight into like intense workout sessions and yeah i could do it and sustain it then but now i don't enjoy it as much I actually Mm. enjoy having a slower morning. I prefer to walk in the morning. I prefer to read and meditate or journal or just sit there with a coffee and do nothing and ease into my day and then go train at like nine o'clock. It's always a luxury for people, but just keeping in mind, if you're not a morning person, maybe a walk is going to be up your alley more so. And then you can try and find other ways to move your body. But but yeah, absolutely, just-
0: and that's uh-huh. the seasons, right. You know, um, having gone through like postpartum, I see a lot of new mums, and they're like, just like navigating this life with this newborn baby. And they're like, all right, when can I get back into the gym? Yeah. Um, you know, with the idea of getting their old body back and, and I was there and I, and I went through that. Um, and now, you know, Charlie's three, three and a half, he's almost four. I love my mornings with him. I love, like we snuggle on the couch, we watch an episode of Fluey, you know, (laughs) we drink a coffee. Um, We all chat and we have a nice slow start to the morning and and that's the season of life that I'm in right now. I do go and take the dogs for a walk, but it's not like the hour walk that I needed before because I, you know, needed to walk lots to because I needed to lose fat. It's the nice walk around the lake to like, look around and be like, oh, wow, I'll look at the kookaburras. and like, this is nice. And, you know, let the dogs have the exercise and come back home and Charlie's awake. And, you know, we have that, that time together. Um, and that's really nice. And I've trained, like, since my injuries, it's been once, maybe twice a week and there's slow rehab sessions. But I don't like touching back in on the motivation, if I was to train because um exercising will prevent me from having injuries and then I got an injury and was like, well that's it, I'm not gonna train anymore because it didn't work. Like that just doesn't make logical sense, right? But we do that with we do that with health and as particularly with weight loss. Like I'll train if I see this happening, then I don't see it happening so I'm not gonna train anymore. Um as opposed to like, you know, looking at different and deeper reasons why, because that extrinsic motivation is never strong enough to hold us there. Um,
1: No matter how much, how badly you want it, no matter mm -hmm. how badly you want it, it's not going to be a big enough reason.
0: No, it never, ever will.
1: Yeah. And I, myself included, obviously you understand. And so many of my clients, and I and I, it's about like you said, don't pamper your clients. So I, that, that often comes up, and I'm like, well, that hasn't served you in the past. Mm. Like, how badly have you wanted it before? Did it work? Mm. So now it's time. Like, something needs to change in order to get changed. Like to find, mm. need to like changing your approach right now is probably the best thing that you can do. So if it hasn't worked for you in the past and it's super eye-opening, and many clients actually will thank me for the honesty and even the education and even to have that realization to know, go, Oh yeah, you're right. Like I've done it over and over again and I haven't, nothing's changed. So it's a, it is a matter of trusting the process. And I guess also if you're unsure or you're scared, it's about finding someone that can support you and educate you or getting that support from someone like if it is rehab or if it is, um, even ca- like nutrition counselling or coaching mm-hmm. or a personal trainer. I, I see so much value in investing in people that can help support you if you're ever struggling in any area. I love having a personal trainer. I love investing in gyms and different types of classes because I, that's something that I thrive off and I find that I actually show up when I'm doing different things. So for me, yeah, I am investing in that and it's something that's going to cost me more than a $15 gym membership if I just went to like a, you know, the 24-hour gyms but I don't mm. go like, I don't want to go to those. They make me genuinely like I get unhappy and I feel down and almost like, I feel like a, my inner child's is throwing a tantrum because she doesn't want to go. And mm. I know that I just need to listen to that. I need to listen to something. If I really don't want to do it. Whereas if it's something that I enjoy doing a little bit more, I don't feel that I don't have that battle with myself and I don't feel like I'm forcing myself to go like, I have to do this. I have to do this, which I've been there and done that. So
0: It's great when we have, um, enough, uh, knowledge and understanding to make informed choices for ourselves. And that's where we step out of that emotional space. And something for me is long-term physical benefits. So I, um, when I was just out of high school and starting study, I worked at, um, in an emergency response center. And in that space, um, it was when Um, A lot of elderly, elderly people, they have like medical alarms around their neck and it's designed to help them live in their homes for longer to take the pressure off of like either them financially, you know, living in an aged care facility or the pressure in the hospitals because they're able to stay home longer and they'd press their medical alarm if they'd fallen over and like I'd call family or the ambulance or something like that, or if they're having a heart attack or sometimes they would just call because they wanted someone to chat to. And we would see a variety of different ages of people, you know, with these medical alarms and um, there was a lot, like we had clients that were like over a hundred, like 101, 102, 103. And we also had clients that were in their fifties and sixties. And the, it was very fascinating to speak to, you know, the the older aged um, clients that we had and listen to kind of how they looked after themselves and the outlook that they have on life and for me that really opened my eyes because sometimes you know if someone's had a fall and they're not hurt they're not classified as an emergency and we'd have to wait on the call with them you know sometimes 12 hours that that they'd be sitting there lying on the floor and so for me training and, and being strong is the ability to you know my 80 year old self will thank me when i fall over and i can hopefully potentially be able to get myself back up again
1: oh i got goosebumps hearing that
0: right and my I nana my nanas 91 she's 91 she's still she's living at home with my mum so she's not like independent she had a fall the other day and she was able to roundabout almost get herself back up again and she's 91 Incredible. And she exercised up until she was in her eighties. Yeah. Cool. Um. So, and that for me is really eye-opening. And I see my mom. My mom's just turned sixty a month ago, and she she's a CrossFitter. She loves her CrossFit. She really thoroughly enjoys it. Um, and she can run around with Charlie and pick him up and keep up with him and chase after him, and I'm like, like that. That for me is like, if I can have that possibility, I'm gonna do everything I can now for that future. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see. So for me, slowly rehabbing my shoulder, fair enough, I'm going to the gym once or twice a week. Um, Fair enough, it's very slow. Fair enough, sometimes it's boring (laughs) and I don't really like it. But that's the slow step that I need to take to go back to getting where I want to be for the long term because I'm not in it for the instant gratification
1: hundred percent. And that was sort of the same. I yeah had a sore lower back for a long time. I injured my back and pretty much as soon as that happened and I knew I had to go and see like physios and chiros and all of this stuff. I knew that the therapy, like this, it was a long-term thing. Mm. Um, and then even one of them reiterated that like, it's not even necessarily like going to be a few weeks, few months. Mm. It's like You might have a flare up in a year's time. You might have a flare up in two years time, but the best thing you can do is nail it now. Do what you need to do now. Do your exercises, show up. And I had to do them twice a day, morning and night. When I got out of bed, when I got into bed. And oh my God, I thought I was gonna die of boredom. But yeah, yeah. I do it kicking and screaming, even if I want because in my head, I was like, I am going to do this so well that future me is we not even gonna know we had a back issue. Yeah. Uh, and and a lot of the time because I I love traveling, but when on any travel that I've been on. Or even, I guess, working in, for example, say the hospitality industry is probably the biggest part. To see people struggle to get up and down off a chair, to mm. see people struggle to get um, up and down off buses or when you're traveling to walk um, and to move, those things really hit me hard because they're basic things I want to be able to do. Uh, when mm. I hurt my back, I struggled to put my shoes on. I felt um, it was actually sitting for too long was hard, standing for too long was hard, sleeping was hard and mm-hmm. I thought that I would go crazy if I had to live with this and that's not even necessarily as bad as some people have so back injuries obviously there's very big spectrum and mine wasn't that bad but it was mm-hmm. bad enough to make bending over such a simple thing so difficult and challenging for me to get up and to get to the ground was really challenging and, and that exhausting actually, yeah mentally mentally emotionally and physically mm. um and it's terrified me. It terrified me. I was like, no way do I want to reach an age where I can't bend over and put my shoes on in the morning. Like I, mobility and the strength to do that is a really huge part. And pretty much my main reason why I do anything. I want to be able to carry my own shopping. I want to be, when I do reach 85 and I'm retired, I'd love to be able to still go for walks. Heck, I'd love to go for bike rides and yeah. move. like, if I'm retired, I want to live my best life. Like
0: <laughs> That's it. And my Nana always says to me, she's like, whatever you do, Shan, don't get old because she struggles so much. And she's done very well at 91. Don't get me wrong, but she struggled losing her independence. She's yes. really, really, really struggled to lose her independence. And that's definitely, you know, uh, um, a pain point for me that I've seen her struggle with that. And I want to prevent that as long as I possibly can, to be honest, to give myself that opportunity then, you know, And that's like, we're talking like another 50 years away from now, but I want to do the stuff now for future me. And I have a tattoo on my spine. It's a family motto and it's Japanese and it says Ichigeki Hisatsu. And it means one strike, certain death. And what I've always taken away from that is if you're going to do something, do it well. And I used to think that was like going all in. And then I realized it meant doing it properly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not rushing through it and just getting it done.
0: Yeah, because that's not doing it. That's not doing it well. I want to do it properly.
1: Yeah, I really resonate with that. And I've witnessed that too, the independency being taken away.
0: And Mm.
1: yeah, I think it's one thing that I would really struggle with also because I don't want to get to a point where I am stuck in a room or like it just, to me, that sounds like not the way I want to live my life. So that's probably the biggest reason to train, like move your body just to look after your body in general because there's obviously the mental health long term as well like you're you're minimizing your risks of any like dementia and um, mental illnesses and then all the physical stuff that comes with that because especially as a woman our muscle starts to deteriorate a fair bit as we get older and if we're not using it then yeah use it or lose it
0: so that simple carrying a
1: handbag or carrying shopping or um, being able to just pick things up off the ground becomes very difficult. Or if you do fall over, you want to be able to get back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a terrifying reality that simple things like carrying shopping or putting your shoes on do become much harder as people get older, and they shouldn't really be, be that hard. Yeah. I, I, I realise that more so when you when I've I was surrounded a lot by Asian culture, and everyone knows the Asian squat. They have yeah. an ability to do that but mostly in western society I see a lot of people struggle to squat that deep mm-hmm. they don't have the ability and it's not wrong and it's not bad but it makes me wonder like if you don't do that if you don't squat or if you don't get up and down off the ground often enough now you don't move your body in that way how are you going to do that when you're older when things do get harder when you know you are more injury prone you're weaker and things like that and it's just I use this reason exactly why people should do burpees <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> as <laughs> much as we hate them that's how I injured my shoulder in the first place but that was a burpee competition that I shouldn't have done I'm very competitive and I've realized that now that was my ego <laughs>
1: yeah when my clients are like I hate burpees I was like do you want to be able to go and down the ground sweet let's go yeah um, I want it when my back got felt a lot better when I was getting back into training like I've made burpees my favorite exercise because of that reason I felt so um uh, I don't know, but like uplifted, I felt so free and just mm. energized when I started doing burpees, and I felt good. I did. I ended up doing a burpee challenge, and we were doing like 1,000 and something burpees over a period of time. And I was doing. I got to 100 a day. That was my max. Um, and man, that pushed my limits. But never again have I ever been like. I like burpees now because mm. of the mobility it's given me. But also, I did so many of them that I no longer fear them. So,
0: mm. and things that's it and some of the other benefits that we have like with exercise i like that i know and don't know if you can elaborate on this is that like two that i know firsthand is that um especially as women the more muscle we have the less risk we are at for osteoporosis Um, Mm -hmm. and also that when we're moving our body in different ways and doing different things we're actually activating different parts of our brain which significantly and i'm not sure of the update research now um last i heard i and i could be wrong there was like a 50 percent decrease in in dementia yeah I as we get same. older because yeah. we're actually activating parts of our brain to move our body in a variety of different ways that we wouldn't usually utilize in our yeah. day-to-day living
1: things like balance coordination and you stimulate yeah, yeah you're c- connecting that mind uh mind body connection that muscle mm. mind- to be able to have that connection is huge. Yeah, I think last I heard was the same. You're right. I need to check the research on that. But there's so much more. Um, in muscle mass is one of the. It's a pretty big key and role in longevity. If you want to live mm. a long, um, a long healthy life, muscle is huge, and it mm. also helps you maintain your size because having, well, having more muscle and more strength, I guess, just in overall means that you're more active. So, uh, but it also does, it also is a metabolically expensive tissue to have on the body. If you want to look at it that from that perspective.
0: Mm, And if you have the ability to, um, when your body requires a set, like more energy, you have the ability to consume more, which means you have the ability to put more nutrients into your body which is helping with re- the repair and recovery process. And what we see a lot in in weight loss, and I know you talk a lot about this on your page, is that there's a lot of people that are under eating and over exercising. And then your body metabolically adapts to these low calories. So then you have to go lower again. And every time you're reducing your calories, you're reducing the, the opportunity to put a lot of nutrients into your body. And like I said before, for me to recover my injury, I need nutrients in my blood to do so because our body's constantly in the state of breaking down and rebuilding and breaking down and rebuilding our bones, our muscle, our organs, like our hair, our skin, our nails, it's constantly breaking down and replenishing and it replenishes based off what's in our blood. And so if we're constantly focused on eating less, we're actually giving our body less ability to function well, to repair and recover. And it's like us in like seven years time is going to be the person that is impacted by that
1: yeah that's that's huge. And I uh, someone as well, as someone who suffered from an iron deficiency and a vitamin D deficiency out of nowhere, that plays a huge role in your energy and your mood. Mm. Like you shouldn't even just like you, the results that you can get from eating more food is in like it's actually insane. and we uh, it's something I've been speaking to a lot of women about recently. but it is actually incredible when you increase your calories to more of a, lack of a better term right now, but more of a maintenance so where your body is at that happy home- homeostasis is kind of level where you're not mm. eating so much again, you're not eating, you're not under eating, but you're eating at a happy place. Your body can really start to feel safe and comfortable and mm-hmm. you can start to really see amazing results just from that and, and in your yep. mental health hugely. Like you said, it comes down to the nutrients. And when, one, when you have one thing that's missing, there's a massive domino effect because that... Like, for example, iron deficiency plays so many roles in the body. And if there's not enough iron, it actually stops a lot of roles in the body as well. So there's roles that are supposed to, the dominoes that are supposed to come after your body absorbs iron. And if there's not enough, it just plays a huge role and, men, and mentally too. When you don't have, when you're low on iron and you have no energy, it's really hard to sustain going to the gym and eating well when you're just emotionally and mentally like really drained and exhausted. So eating in our maintenance phase is, yeah.
0: something
1: really spoken about much and it wasn't something i was ever educated on either me either uh, yeah and living in that like being happy to live in that but also that comes with education so when you when you do it once and you've got the education or you've got the support behind you you'll have the confidence to sit at maintenance or even eat more and sit in a surplus especially like you said right now in your recovery Mm -hmm. it only makes sense it doesn't make sense for you to be dieting when your body needs that absolutely absolutely When you've got the confidence knowing that I can sit at this or I can go into a surplus and I can start gaining a bit of weight and I know that I'm capable of um coming back down like there's so much confidence in that and that comes from education from understanding how your body's working and what's happening in your body when Mm. I stop training and I'm eating more and I see my body changing I'm not surprised I'm not scared because I feel so in control and in tune with what my body needs that I'm like when I, when the season is right, then yeah, maybe I'll look at training a bit more and focusing on my diet. But until then, if I just want to like bring myself back into say a healthy weight range, or I don't feel like I want to gain weight, I don't want to lose weight. I just will focus on whole foods and protein. Like, and I have the confidence that my body can sustain that amount of calories or that food intake as well, because I've done it over and over again. So I've learned about it. I've learned mm-hmm. about my body. I've learned about the food intake. I've learned about B like my BMR. Mm. all those things so learning it because you can't unknow what you know Yeah. So no matter how much you're like I can't eat this I can't eat this once you're taught how many like once you understand in your body how many calories it can sustain once you know like how much you I guess should be eating and that your body can sustain that amount of calories and you've done it before you're like well no matter how much I tell myself I need to eat less there's proof like I can't undo the proof that I've given myself so you have confidence to kind of um, let go of beliefs that aren't going to serve you anymore. No matter how much they might sort of still want to show up naturally. Yeah. I don't know. It's almost ingrained in women. I think that we need to eat as little as possible and
0: mm.
1: petite all the time. And you know what we
0: take up less space.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's definitely you know a huge um reverse process. Like in the undieting processes is. Um, learning to trust your body with food outside of what the scales are going to do right because our body wants to be a homeostasis our body wants to be at balance and our body wants to function really really well um and most people that i talk to regardless if they know that 1200 calories is what my three-year-old eats in a day and probably more than that most days too they still have put themselves to that place um and it's really, like I said, it's really scary um, knowing, you know, that whole lack of nutrition that's happening in their body and all the things their body's not able to do when they're missing all of those nutrients as well. Um, and that kind of brings me into the last point that I think is important to touch on, especially this time of year, um, coming up to Christmas and New Year's, we were having a great conversation before recording about a lot of the mindsets from a lot of um facilities out there at the moment and um like we were talking through how they bring you in they stroke your external extrinsic motivation they help you to lose weight they encourage you to eat very little they encourage you to train you know you're rewarded the more often you're there um in some instances you've even heard of people doing juice cleanses in the last week to weigh less to win the prizes and no one kind of trains you out of that they actually encourage you to jump straight back in the next challenge all over again um And I hope that what we've spoken through today will strengthen that logic and reason when people are hit by all the ads and all the before and after photos. Because in my opinion, a facility that runs that way actually doesn't care about a person at all. All they care about is getting a good before and after photo and testimonial to to use you for advertising to bring the next round of people in.
1: Yeah, I agree. And we can speak to the all or nothing approach that comes from that as well so that ties in because sometimes for ex- from like I was just speaking to there is a, a time and place and it is okay to challenge yourself but it's just one the season of life that you're in it's okay to challenge yourself and have a uh, see to see what you're capable of is probably more of what like I was looking to do when I set mm. out to train like when I built up training and I got back into tracking my calories I haven't done that like all year (laughs) like I I did it once this year maybe you can do it once or twice but it it came from a place of Mm -hmm. I'm really really strong and fit and I want to see what I'm capable of achieving in a short amount of time because Christmas is coming like that was it and then I knew that when Christmas came everything was going to start slowly dropping back off and I 100% agree that facilities are pumping out challenges for the financial benefits of getting people in the door but at the same time, it's okay to want to challenge yourself. But I think it comes with the education of, yeah, knowing how much to eat and whether you're going to be able to sustain that. And then when you come at the other side, not having that, not feeling the need to do a juice cleanse to really drop weight to win a prize. Because of yeah. that. it's so focused, it's so focused on the weight loss. Mm-hmm. It's just so focused on how you look at the end of the challenge and that's also a negative part of those challenges is that they're not really focusing on how you're feeling Mm -hmm. whereas for me when I did my own challenge like I said I took eight weeks just to build up to that eight to ten weeks and then afterwards I only sustained it for a short amount of time until it didn't feel good Mm -hmm. and I was doing different things I wasn't doing really intense sessions five days
0: a week. Mm. So that's actually how I got like I said it was a burpee challenge, but I'd been training at a facility like that where it was all about go hard, go fast. Like, you know, whose heart rate's the highest, who's burnt the most calories this session. Um, and I did, I ended up with quite a significant shoulder injury now, two years later that I'm rehabbing Yeah. Like the, from that moment.
1: Yeah. yeah. A lot of, there is gyms that do like the heart rate monitors or they focus on how many calories you're burning. And it's all well and good to have a little competition to amongst peers um, and to be congratulated when you are moving your body. But when it comes to the point where it's like, who can get the most points for exercising the most
0: this week, this mm-hmm. month. And can... people were actually talked down upon when they, like I had a few clients that were at the same facility and they uh, were shift workers. And so they couldn't make it all the time. And they just wanted to go because they just wanted to train and, and have that feel good feeling after that was it. And they were like looked down upon and talked down upon and actually made to feel really uncomfortable because they weren't there to push to the best and burn the most calories and lose the most weight or sign up to the challenges. It's really sad. Well, goosebumps feeling that. Yeah. It, breaks, mm. it,
1: really, like, it just sends me all emotional hearing that because it's not, it sh- you shouldn't be just training for the calories and for the, for the points and I think people only end up doing it for that, and they forget what they're really doing it for. And a big part, I've been there as well. So for me, it was all about yeah, the 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 numbers, mm. and you how you feel. And mm. in that process, it leads you to burnout, and it mm. can lead to vitamin deficiencies, which then affect mm-hmm. other things in your body. Which then, again, for women, hormones control our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're overtraining, when you're under eating and you're not getting enough nutrients and and you're probably stressing the body out, it can lead to things that affect your liver, that can lead to things that affect your Mm -hmm. gut, that can lead to things that affect your thyroid and Mm all those hormones, they affect your cycle and they just exacerbate our emotions even more so. Mm -hmm. And then we start, yeah, the guilt or shame cycle. So it's really sad because I've been in a gym where I haven't worn my heart rate monitor and they're like, oh, no, it's almost, they were joking sort of. I think they were half joking, half seriously. Like, oh, the workout's not even, there's no point. It doesn't count. Yeah. It doesn't count.
0: Yeah. Like and your also- steps don't count. Like your, your walk doesn't count if you don't have like your fit, your, your smart watch on. Right. And it's like, it, it. that's not what it's about. And that's where I was mentioning how as health professionals, our true role, if we truly care, isn't to encourage that extrinsic motivation. Cause that's what, that's the only thing that those facilities do is yeah. try and strengthen that extrinsic motivation. And our role as health professionals, I believe, is actually to go a bit deeper because that's where that's where actual long-term changes. Because you might go and do like an eight-week challenge and you might burn the most calories and you might lose the most weight and you might get the award and people might congratulate you and tell you how great you're looking, et cetera, et cetera. But how long does that last for? Because like, you know, I, I haven't
1: minutes, it's like a five minute moment
0: and it's over. And then like, I haven't seen a single person yet that has been in that position that's felt really good and lost all the weight that has been able to maintain it. I haven't, and I've worked with thousands of clients over the years, and I've never met a single person that's able to do that. And so with this time of year, when you're going to get smacked in the face with before and after photos and feel like if you don't achieve that, then you're not successful. Um, I really, really hope that this episode is really perfectly timed actually, will give a deeper reason for moving your body in whatever capacity that is.
1: Yeah. Just don't forget what matters at the end of the day. So something I use to reframe is my 85-year-old self. Mm-hmm. I, like I it just helps me every single time. So when I'm 85 and I'm reflecting, or if my 85-year-old self was watching me right now and had to could speak to me. Would she be happy with what I was doing? Would it be something that she'd regret not doing? For example, if I'm 85 years old, I would, if I don't look after my health, she's going to regret that. If I'm 85 years old and I see myself like, well, even just now looking back at my younger self, see myself training as hard as she could, hating her body, stressing about what to eat, not even like snacking on cucumber sticks, um, just all of those things like wearing herself out I look back and I don't regret it because it's obviously sent me on the journey that I've been on but I am sad for her and I wish that I, there's so many things I wish I could have told her and helped her understand that you were sabotaging some of the best times of your life right now because you're worried about how you look and yeah. at that time I was still a size eight I was probably a mm. size six at some point and I was hating the way that I looked, which is really sad. Mm. Because that's like, I just couldn't see it. I just couldn't, mm. I wasn't, I didn't look the way I wanted to look and partly because I was just under eating and burning out all the time. Yeah. I, and- at such a young age, I should have been enjoying life. And yeah. my 85 year old self would kill to be my age right now and living life as much as she can. Like if she could come back into my body right now, Man, I think she'd be living it up and actually flaunting the body that, like, right. apart. She'd be like, no, like, walk around in a bikini more, like, love your body for what it is right now because it's so temporary. By the time you get to 85, even when, like, you know, looks fade. Yeah. Get to 85, you're not going to look like that. So love it. That's and, it. And be proud of it. Don't. Don't worry about what other people think. Cause, and personally, for me, I think confidence is sexy. So it doesn't matter what you look like. If you're happy within yourself and you're healthy, because healthy is different on everyone. Yes. Feeling healthy and you have confidence, that is so attractive to people. Mm-hmm. I would much rather be around people that are happy, healthy and confident and that make me feel good and I make them feel good than someone who puts me down or someone that's constantly body shaming mm-hmm like that so yeah my 85 year old self is always hanging around around and I love that yeah I'm always looking back but I mean like those gym environments it you might have seen I've just started the sisterhood with a good friend of mine for that exact reason our just we're doing group training sessions and we call it movement because it's about moving our bodies it's we're not there for the purpose of burning calories and yeah nothing nothing more than moving our bodies and just feeling strong and doing some mobility
0: and Mm, and sometimes it is it's just about rocking up right some days um i would train and and during that process i had a suspected miscarriage like very very early and i i was just going there to to be there i didn't you know i wasn't going there to be pushed or hammered or you know Get the highest calories burn. I was just going just to go, and and to find a space where that's accepted. Mm, yeah, you know, I think sure. it's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's huge, and that's exactly what we're we're trying to create because it it doesn't seem so common anymore to step into a space and feel like you're not judged for not going as hard as the others, or feel almost like a sense of like a a click or that you don't. Yeah. Feel it. And it's just really uncomfortable. I've been through all of it myself, mm. so I completely understand. And that's, that's not what it should be about. We've kind of lost touch with our with ourselves, and especially us, other women. That's
0: that's systems. so great. Can you tell us where to find you? So, for anyone listening, if they want to, and I highly recommend to jump over and follow you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, best place is I'm very much active on Instagram, but you can also find me on places like um, Facebook and what's on LinkedIn? Yeah, um, yeah on instagram so my tier right coaching and i we also have just started the sisterhood Gold coast on instagram as well so amazing if you're interested in moving your body just for fun that's what it's for
0: great i'll link um i'll link your socials in the show notes as well so it's really really easy for everyone to hop over Um, I really, really want to thank you for being here and having such a great conversation today. I feel like there's been some really, really great topics that we've spoken through. Um, And as I said, I don't think it could be better timed, you know, coming into the time of the year that we're coming into. So thank you. Thank you so much. And for anyone listening, make sure you head over and follow Tia over on her social media so that you can join in and see what she's up to and reach out if, if you feel called to as well.
1: Yeah, definitely reach out if you need me. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, pleasure.
0: This episode, please let me know by leaving me a review or sharing this with your friends. It's so important for me to get this information out to those that need to hear it. So your feedback means the absolute world to me. And also if you have any topic requests, hit me up with them too.